0: So um, I accidentally, um, me and technology not getting on today, I accidentally um, stopped the end of the recording. But I think I am actually quite glad because that would be quite good as an episode. Um, It just finished in the middle of um, a sentence. But never mind, um, this will be part two. And I just really wanted to finish off talking about um, your spirit guides. So we got to, we did Primal Animal. I want to do... Um, vocational personal guides now I didn't really know what to call this because I really um, the type of guide or the role the guide plays depends on what you are tasked to do in this lifetime um, a good example is I'm tasked to work with work um, do physical mediumship and so one of my guides is a um, was a kind of physical, Medium, as we would know, it. probably not as we would know it, but he was, um he told me he was a seer, which is quite funny. Um, it's kind of a number of years ago now, and this is where the whole seership came in because I was like, whoa, I don't really think that was that much different. But actually, now obviously I understand what a seer is, but at the time re- I remember just going, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, but he assists me in that particular work and um, really he helped me go back to he did it as an ancient art and he helped me work um on looking at how we're doing it now and how we can go back and capture the essence of it before really spiritualism took over because I work in a very non-spiritualist way because I'm not a spiritualist and it kind of frees me I work with very a lot of energies that are non-physical and and um going back to how uh, ship was initial initially seen and what divination was seen um and and you were very much part of that message it wasn't just that you gave it to somebody it was you gave it in a way that they could either um, understand it or compile it but it had to be to the right um people you became not only the messenger but also part of the message which i i won't go on about again because i seem to say that quite a lot um, so that is where the title really comes from of any ancient art for modern times because we really he um, was a, a seer in ancient times and he helped me understand that and and build on the work that I'd obviously done in previous pre, previous lives um, because obviously he was a persona that that was brought forward. I kind of liken it to the um, many skills that we can have the aptitude that we show for certain things. A good example is my friend Emma at high school. We played woodwind together, um, and I was very jealous when she got to play the saxophone. I wasn't allowed to play it. Um, And she literally felt like she mastered it in about three months. She was, you know, how many grades when she just literally picked up the instrument. So, so jealous. And it really, what it comes down to, was the fact that um, she... Has obviously had that latent talent somewhere because you don't suddenly, and you know, if this is your first incarnation in playing that instrument or learning that language or learning that particular skill, you wouldn't have that proficiency. It's because you're picking up, you know, you pick up, she picked up that instrument, she felt instantly at home with it, and certain things came back to her. And she, you know, I wouldn't have described it to her as a past life, and I wouldn't have even known that at the time, but. That's very much what it feels like. You're building on the past. You're building on what you've already started. Um, and you can only especially be professional as a working with energy in any capacity as a healer if you've already done, um, you know, you've already put in that work, you're building on it. And that's why you'll have an energy from your past life that will kind of help you build on that because it's you'll have the aptitude, it'll be a latent talent. So that's why i've said vocational but i'm still that's just a name um and it it's really hard to to think of it that just kind of came to me today but it might change but at the moment vocational personal guide kind of sits okay with me um i might change it but you get the gif, gist of what it is so sorry just had a drink of water now additional team members now they aren't your core team, but they are still very important for you. Some of them you can choose to work with, or you you know, there's no need to work with these if you don't want to. You can work with your your personal guides and they will always help you. But a lot of the times, you know, we want to work with other energies. Unlike the personal guides, you there, then there's no guarantee they're going to be there for you from life to death. Um, from birth to death I don't say life to death um but you aren't their only charges as well so they can they can come to you at any time um I know that when I was first born before I could walk and talk physically I connected very well with my great grandmother who I'd never met um and I often knew she was around even as a child so it was very familiar to me, but not in the way that your you know, personal guides are familiar, but that personality. She obviously reminded me very much of um, other members of my family, and it's easier to connect. So we'll go on to loved ones in a minute. But animals, so not like our primal guide, which is part of us, part of our primal expression of self. This is the primal Um, This is not primal. This is just an animal totem or an animal guide that comes in. Um, And usually it comes in when we need to embody that energy. So you might find that um, a lion comes in at certain points when you need that, you know, that that, that's kingly royal kind of um, stature. And you might find that if you need stealth, then you'd find that a fox might come through for you. it really depends on what you need, and usually it means you need to kind of embody these characteristics, um, and you can use it as a kind of like um, a way of of pulling that energy forth. Um, but I don't think animals are utilised as much as they should do. Um, animal guides in general, soulmates. Now, I know that I probably have to do this another show, but your higher self, itself, the the other souls are not your soulmates the other higher every person on earth has a higher self and there is a kind of a level that if you go up a level in the hierarchy and I don't mean a human hierarchical system where we're talking better higher we're just talking at one level above is we have a group of higher selves that are soul um groups or family depending what you want to call them and so you might have somebody from your same soul group that offers to come and support you as a guide and they won't be a living guide so that will be a different obviously type of soulmate it be a physical soulmate but it's a choice you can choose to work with them or not Um, and also sometimes they'll come through to work through some some of the karma that they can they can't work through all of it without being physical but they can actually support you and help with the karmic issues. Teachers. Now, again, there's an argument that we could say all guides are teachers. And yes, they are. But I kind of want to put it in a a different way. Most of the guides that you'll work with are work on a partnership level, especially your personal guides. But with teacher guides, they're very much coming in a mentorship level. They're coming to impart information. They're coming for a specific reason. and usually it's someone that was important in their field, someone who was doing work that um that will that can impart um knowledge and wisdom to support you and what you're aiming to do and further that. Ascended masters. I, I'm kind of whizzing through because I think a lot of people already know um, the next few I'm going to talk about. Now they are enlightened beings like angels. The best way to explain the difference between angels and ascended masters is that um, the uh, ascended masters have gained enlightenment through their lives, through their souls' um, journeys. So through incarnation, which isn't the same as angels, um, angelic beings. So you will find that if you look at the ascended masters, they've probably had different um, lives and um, different uh, past lives and they have decided and they're being given the option to help um, others and they're very much focused on helping humanity as a whole not so much about individual uh, individuals but that's not to say they can't but they are looking at the bigger picture they tend to be more philosophical they tend to be very profound as well a bit like angels but um you will have some of the best philosophical um, kind of messages, often from ascended masters, because of the they understand both the physical as well, because they've been physically incarnated. But they are focused on how can we move, how can we make people um, more aware, how can we raise consciousness on a global level, a universe, um, universal level, not just. Uh, one or two people or a country they're looking at humanity as a whole angels now most people I was surprised by angels um I thought they would be kind of really fluffy and surprisingly they're not um very few have been incarnated I think only probably a handful so the way they communicate with you is different I um usually do not use angels or ascended masters for really kind of materialistic mundane things because they're not always practical in the advice they give you they're more likely it's not so much a conversation you have with them most of the time they drop something in so it's an experience drop it into your mind and your heart and then they'll go very much and you have to decipher it um it's not as practical as you'll find energies that be sorry beauty and energies that been incarnated um Again, they are focused on, you know, these these profound messages and you can ask them about the mundane, but they do have a habit of not giving you things in a very practical way to apply the advice given. Um, that's that's not bad. I, I think it's angels are amazing because also they haven't been physically incarnated, so it is a very different sensation and it's a pity that there's many consciousnesses or light angels that people don't connect to um and i've i connect a lot of collective consciousnesses and the amazing connection that you get and information and knowledge i don't think enough people want to delve into it which is as i say a pity pity because they want to connect with us um Anyway, before I go off on another weird tangent, which I'm very, very um, easy to do, (laughs) loved ones. So I mentioned my great-grandmother earlier. She's always been around me. She is always there. But she's a little bit biased. I am probably the best thing since light spread, and she's very protective. When I first went to development classes, she stood in front of me and refused allow the other to connect to me um and I had to actually speak to her and say it's lovely that you're supporting me but I'm safe here um and it's lovely but your loved ones people do ask me whether your loved ones are your guides now I this reason why I separated them into personal and um other guides as part of your team is because your personal guides are there for you and they're focused on what is important for you at that moment. And to be honest, it's really annoying sometimes because you'll be chatting to your guy and you want to know about something and they'll go, so you want to know about love and they keep going, we need to talk about um, your work or we need to talk about uh, money or we need to talk about these. And you're like, I really want to talk about this. And they're like, no, this is not your focus right now Um, because they're there for you and and to support you in that way. And they have the bigger picture in mind um, and they know where we're going. Whereas your loved ones might know where we're going, but they have, they can be a bit biased. They do have opinions often that they had before, um, before they died. So they can, sometimes they can focus on um, situations and, you know, they might be focused on keeping the family together, whereas actually that might not be where you should be getting involved with straight away. So you know, that's why they're not your main guides and they're they're not your personal guides because they have sometimes different motivations. And I'm not always negative, I don't want to say that, but it's that's why it's easier to connect and it's better to connect to personal guides first. But I have to say that, you know, my great-grandmother was a bridge to me to to my other guides. So often loved ones can do that because I've mentioned earlier when it comes to, Relation. Um, when it comes to building relationships, we often need that human connection and therefore, you know, who is better than someone that we loved and loved us um, when they were physical and when that's very tangible to us. And we know their personality and their foibles and they can often act as a bridge and they, they help us um, help us trust our guides because anyone who says they trust their guides implicitly, I don't really believe um because i think you might trust them to a level but would you trust them to kind of make all these great grand leap of faith um straight away um if you do i i would question whether you are having blind faith and blind faith i don't think is ever good um so they connect as that bridge so you can start connecting to them and they're familiar to you but at the same time they're helping you build that relationship with your guides um and often they will come around in the same way they come through for messages. If you go to a demonstration or you, you have a sitting with a, a medium, they'll come through about and it will connect to them in some ways. It might be the way that they've always been. might be something that's very connected to how they've... Um, uh, live their life or what they were particularly interested in so they're very interested in you know finances and getting that sorted if there's a message about finances you'll often find them coming through because you connect with that um, and them very easily so those are the main parts of your other rest of your team that flit in and out of your life and they're there when it's important to you But they aren't there. They can't guarantee that they're going to be there all the time. But usually your loved ones do like to keep an an eye on you, but they can also have to go off and look at other um, other family members, etc. And they have other work to do. You know, as I said, we're not just, you know, they don't sit twiddling their thumbs metaphorically because they wouldn't have thumbs um, in, you know, when they're not here. I have one other exercise, and I think I'm going to leave the exercise to, if you download the PDF, because um, I think that it's explained quite well with the notes, and I'd be really interested to see how, you know, who likes it, um, who does it, and who, you know, what the comments are back on it, and also I don't want to go over the, we're already about 17 minutes, so... This is, next time I'll do them all on one, and perhaps I won't have the intro, so it'll be shorter. But I really have enjoyed doing it. This is my first foray, foray, I can't even pronounce that. And this is going to be monthly, as I've stated before. If you want to know more about what I do, um, then you can go to davidmediation.com. If you want to look at other episodes of life as a seer. This is the first one, but I have others of my radio show up there. Then you can go to lifeasaseer.com, and it also, if you want to download the notes there with the exercise, which is to connect to your guides, the PDF will also be on that site. So it's life as a seer, which is obviously the same, as, same as the um, uh, my tongue aside, the same as the show, and it's really been nice, nice connecting to you um, and with you. And I look forward to um, being able to share more with you.